worshiping and to be in God's presence. Amen. And to continue on in our lesson. How many of y'all ready to jump into this fast we've been talking about? Oh, I got a chuckle. <laughs> I didn't get no amens, but I got a chuckle. Woo, praise the Lord. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to talk about this is going to be part three of, uh, of fasting. And uh, we're just going to go back just for a moment and recap some things as to why we are fasting. And the reason we're fasting is number one is to tell God why we are fasting. We need to tell God what we're doing. Amen? We need to tell God why we're fasting. God, I'm fasting for a new car. Amen? I, I remember being Brother Al talking about getting a car. We need to fast for that car. Amen? And uh, so, we, you know, we need to fast for things. We need to fast for our health. We need to fast for our children. I mean, everybody, everybody wants to see their children get saved and sanctified. and feel, well, We need to fast it. Amen? We need to go before the Lord and say, I want, I want my children in church. And, and sometimes it's going to take some fasting to get them there. And uh, so we praise God for that. So we tell God why you're fasting, okay? And then the second thing is allow the Lord to speak to you. You know, a lot of people say, I have a hard time hearing from God. You ever been there? Yeah, I'm just having a hard time hearing from God. I tell you, if you ever get to that place where you're having a hard time hearing from God, just push your plate back. Just push your plate back and say, Lord... I'm going to go on a fast. I'm declaring a fast for myself. I want to hear your voice. I need to hear what you're telling me to do, what thus saith the Lord in this situation. Amen. Amen. I mean, no, we need to hear what God's saying. So if you have a hard time hearing from God, that's a good time. That's a good sign, actually. It's a good sign that you need to go on a fast. Amen. Number three, believe what the Lord says. Amen. Amen. Believe what the Lord says. Number four, act on what the Lord has, has told us to do. Amen. We talked about Jehoshaphat last week. Um, and when we talked about Jehoshaphat, we said, number one, he, he feared the evil report. He knew the report was true. Five armies were surrounding them. Judah was in trouble. They were outnumbered five to one. And uh, they knew that it physically, they, they weren't going to be able to win this battle physically. But Jehoshaphat knew that there was a God in heaven. Amen. And he declared a fast for the whole nation. And, of course, I know you've already know the story. Jehoshaphat declared a fast, and then he told the, uh, the prophet of God, stood up and said, you don't have to fight in this battle. It belongs to the Lord. This battle is not yours, but this battle belongs to the Lord. And in obedience to that prophecy, Jehoshaphat took the praise team and put them in front of the army. And the band began to play, and the trumpets were blowing, and the singers were singing all the way to the battlefield. Now, you think about this. Before the fast, they were marching to their death. They knew they were going to die. But this time, they got a word from the Lord. They've been fasting and praying, and they're praising God and blowing the trumpet of Zion and go and marching to the battlefield, knowing that God said that they didn't have to fight the battle at all. Amen. And when they got there, the, the soldiers done turned on themselves and killed themselves. And they said this took three days in picking up the spoil of what was left behind. Amen. They actually left that battle rich. They left that battle rich. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we talked about Jehoshaphat and we said that number one, Jehoshaphat feared the evil report. He knew it was true. Number two, he turned to God. And number three, he proclaimed the fast throughout the land and, uh, and caused it to have an effect to the whole kingdom. Number four, he listened to the rhema word of the Lord. He listened to the prophet. Number five, he believed the prophet. He believed the prophecy of the Lord. Then number six, he acted on the word. And we said that sure sounds a whole lot like the three things that we've been saying around here. Faith believes. 
Come on, help me out now. Faith believes, faith speaks, and faith acts, right? And that's exactly what happened in the story of King Jehoshaphat. Okay, so fasting is more than just not eating or drinking. If all you do on a fast is you just starve yourself and you don't, you don't seek the Lord, you don't pray, you don't go to church, you don't read your Bible, then you're just on a diet. That's all you are. You just, you're just on a, a diet. And you're angry because you're on a diet. <laughs> and you're miserable because you're on a diet. <laughs> but fasting is so much more. Fasting is so much more. Judah didn't push the plate back and, and then they turned on the TV and started watching wrestling or gun smoke. Hello. I said, Judah didn't listen. Judah's, Judah's in a bad shape now. They're getting ready to be killed. Five to one. They didn't just declare a fast, push back the plate and say, let's just watch ration or gun smoke tonight. Amen? No. They began to seek the Lord. They began to cry out to heaven. They began to seek the Lord. Amen? They got serious about this thing. Amen? They got serious about their prayer life. You know, sometimes it takes an army surrounding you five to one before you get serious about your prayer life. And that's what happened with them. So they got serious about their prayer life. Amen. Um, the Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us how long it was between the fast and the beginning of the prophecy given. I, did you notice that in that story? It didn't say they fasted one day and all of a sudden the prophet started prophesying and they started marching on the second day. It doesn't tell us that. It just says they declared a fast. And during that, sometime in that fast, well, it might have been 10-day fast. It might have been a two-day fast. It might have been a 30-day fast. It might have been a 40-day fast. I don't know. I don't think it was too long because of the enemy was marching toward them. All we, all we know, the scripture says they declared a fast, and then the prophets spoke, and they believed the report, and they put the band out in front of the, of the army, and they marched on to the battle. That's, that's what we do know, Okay. But you need to also fast your time. When you're, when you're fasting, you're not just fasting food. You're fasting your time. Your time. The most precious thing that you have in your life is not food. The most precious possession you have is time. Amen. And all of us are running short on time. Amen? Amen. All of us are running short on time. Amen. Brother Gerald got his call to go home, to be, be in heaven with Jesus. Amen. I, I can assure you, my last conversation with Brother Gerald, um, he, did not, he did not think he was not coming home. He was making plans to go home after surgery. He didn't know. And my point is, is we don't know. We don't know how much time we have left. Matter of fact, we all may go tonight. That's how short time really is. That's why the scripture says redeeming the time. So when you fast your precious time, I'm not going to watch gun smoke tonight. I'm going to get in my Bible and I'm going to see what God's got to say. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray until I hear from heaven. That's fasting your time because you could be doing other things. Amen. You could be watching hee haw. <laughs> or you could be working on your car or you could be playing golf. Amen. Or you could be crocheting a blanket. Come on. There's so many things that we do with our time. That we spend time. And there's some things that we treasure so we make sure we put time into the things that we treasure. Amen. 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 
Can, can you, do you even realize the precious time? I think most of us have grandchildren in here, and I would say that the most precious time in, in most of us is spending time with our grandchildren. Amen? Because we realize that's treasure time. They grow up fast, right? But do you realize when you say, no, honey, I can't spend time with you today. I got to take this time to spend with the Lord because I got to pray about this thing. Do you realize you're, you're fasting your time with your grandchild? And God honors that? That's how precious time really is. And so you fast your time, not just, not just your food. Fast what, you're, what you normally do in your daily life. Like I said, turn off the television. Amen? Turn off the radio if you have to. Get all the distractions away from you. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you got to fast people. Y'all just go ahead and shake your head. Yes, yes. Sometimes you need to fast people. That means there's some people you don't need to be around while you're fasting because they're going to distract you from your fasting. Amen. They're going to try to get you upset. Amen. And they're going to do these things. Amen. So you got you to think about these things, okay? All right. Now, we started doing the Daniel fast back in 2019 here at our church. And, um, you know, since the, two, the like I told you last week, since we started doing the Daniel fast and, and fasting... I noticed, I noticed, and I began to take notice of how many other churches were fighting that coronavirus and they were dying and they were being buried. And I began to talk to the pastors and I began to notice how many churches were suffering from this coronavirus and, and losing church members. I thank God today we still haven't buried one of you. Amen. I thank God today we haven't buried none of your, none of your spouses. We haven't buried none of your children or your grandchildren. Amen. I, th- I believe it's because of fasting and praying and seeking God. The protection of God that comes with that. Amen. Turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Meemaw, go ahead and tell us what that says. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, mm. turn and seek my face, then he's going to hear from heaven, and he will heal our land. Now, that's, I probably missed a word or two because that's from my mind. Amen. But that's been so important. And what is the word that I say is so it, that's such yeah. a big word in that scripture. If. 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 Yeah. It's a giant word. Yes, it is. That's a giant word in that scripture. Yes, if my people. Yeah. If my people. That's a question. Yeah. That's God asking a question, isn't it? Yeah. If. Matter of fact, you, you know, if you got your ink pen with you, just behind that word if, just put a little question mark right there. If. Because God's asking a question. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now in verse 15 it says, Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayers that is made in this place. Now my eyes shall be opened and my ears shall attend unto the prayers that is made in this place. Amen. Anybody need a Bible tonight? You know, can I Bible? just uh, put something in here? I don't want to jump ahead of you. Or, and maybe your father. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Second, it's, uh, is it second or first chronicle? Second chronicle, chapter 7, verse 14. Yeah, there you go. Anybody see the Bible? Everybody good? 
If, if you look at this, if you look at this scripture, you will see there that he's given us you what if we will do, then the promises of what he will do. And uh, the, I forget, is there like three things, uh, maybe four things that we should do, and there's three that he has promised to us. Amen. And, uh, so Amen. there we go. We, we miss out on a lot because we don't. Amen. And I got those five things wrote down here. You must have looked at my notes. Not yet. <laughs> Number one is call on his name. Call on his name. Amen. Now, some people want to call him Jehovah. I like to call him Yahweh because uh, I know Yahweh is a, is, a, is a more correct pronunciation of his name. Jehovah was actually a misspelling from a, a, German, um, uh, a German scholar. But Yahweh... Also, Yeshua being the Hebrew name of Jesus, instead of saying Jesus, I like to, I like to call his name Yeshua because that's what Mary taught, called him. That's his Hebrew name, which means Savior. So knowing the names of God, I want to tell you, you need to take some time and do a Bible study on the names of God. The El Shaddai, the God that provides. Yahweh Rapha, the God that heals. And, so, and, and, and all the names of God tell you what he does, tell you who he is, and there's power in those names. Number two, humble yourselves. Well, we're talking about fasting, and I can't think of a better way to humble yourself than to go on a fast. Push back the plate and say, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to seek God and, uh, and, and go in that direction. Uh, number three is pray. Pray. Activate your authority through prayer. When you see that word pray... Just put that, just, just you know, put on your notebook right there. Activate your power of authority through prayer. If my people would pray. Now we're not talking about one of these little prayer. Now as I lay me down to sleep, Lord, if I die before I sleep, how's it go? I don't know there you go. So y'all learn that as children too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. For God is good. God is great. Thank you for this. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot how it all went now. That's for food. That's for food. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. We have, these little, we have these little prayers that we do. We're not talking about that kind of praying. We're talking about seriously getting with God. We're talking about taking our stand in the, in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ's name and going into a spiritual battle and telling the, and telling the devil no. You know it's okay to tell the devil no? No. You know, we, we use the word rebuke a lot, but I don't think many of us really understand what the word rebuke really means. The simple definition of the word rebuke means stop. Stop. So when you rebuke the devil, you're telling the devil, stop. That's what he hears. And you need to know that's what you're saying. Amen. Amen. So you're telling the devil, stop. You're no longer allowed to do what you're doing. You're no longer allowed to behave that way. Now, we, all of us in here raise kids, and I'm sure there was times when we were raising kids that we could give our, our child a certain look, and we didn't have to say a word, right? Yeah. Amen? When you give your child a certain look, and you just, they had that, you had that look, and that look told them stop, right? You know, that's how we need to do to look at the devil. We need to look at the devil like that and say, stop. We're going we're to stop in this maneuvers. We're going to stop, okay? And so that's what we need to do. And you tell the devil stop. So if you're rebuking the devil, you're telling the devil to stop. That's, that's exactly what you're doing. 
Number four, seek my face. There's no better way to seek God's face except through fasting and praying. Fasting and praying is seeking God's face. Fasting and praying. Okay? Number five, turn from their wicked ways. Turn from the wicked ways. Sin that brings God to your attention while you are fasting and praying. Turn from your wicked ways. You see, God will bring sin to your attention while you're fasting. You have, you have sin in your life, and you go to God and fasting, He'll start telling you what your sin is for you to repent of it. So you just go through a cleansing process, through a, a sanctification process. And that's when you turn from your wicked ways. So anytime you're going through a, a fasting, and God will begin to reveal some things to you. God will begin to tell you, buddy, you're watching, you're watching just a little bit too much of the gun smoke there. Okay, you spend, you know, as a matter of fact, you've been more time in gun smoke than you are in the scripture. See, God will speak to you about this stuff while you're fasting. He didn't look hey. at my <laughs> Is it gun smoke? <laughs> well, we'll change it to Andy Griffith show then. All right. The Lord said, you're just watching too much Andy Griffith show. Oh, y'all guilty of that too. Oh, well. I don't know what to tell you between Gunsmoke and Andy Griffin. Y'all need to start watching the Bible. Amen. <laughs> but the Lord will reveal things to you. He will reveal things to you. You know? I've had the Lord reveal, reveal things that I didn't think was wrong at all. You know? There'd be some, some song you've always heard and you hear it, but you didn't hear it. And all of a sudden now the Lord just said, did you actually hear what that guy was singing? No. Do you even know what he's singing? No, not really. I just like the tune, you know. And the Lord says, stop doing that and listen to what he's saying. And, and bring the correction. So the Lord will bring correction in your life while you're fasting and praying. So you turn from your wicked ways. He will bring up sin that's, that's in you and, and get that out of you through the fasting and the praying. Okay? Alright? So you go through a process of this. This is called the uh, sanctification process is what it's called. All right, now we're finally going to get to Daniel. I've been telling you we're going, we're going to get to Daniel. We're going to get to Daniel tonight. Go to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And we're going to start with the fifth verse in Daniel chapter 1. Anybody want to read that to us tonight? Yes, yes, verse 5. All right, anybody want to read the next verse? Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Azariah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to read verse 7? Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Bel, Tezar, and to... Ananiah of Shadrach, and Michelle of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. All right. 
Verse 8. Anybody? And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's meat, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor with tender love and with the princes of the eunuchs. And the princes of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meats and your drinks. For, for why should these see your face worsen like unto the children which are of your sorts? Then ye shall make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishaiah, Azarar, Prove thy servant, I beseech thee ten days, unless they give us pulse, which is vegetables, to eat, and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee in the countenance of the children that eat the portions of the king's meat, as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this manner, and proved them ten days. And at the end of the ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh, and all the children which did eat the portions of the king's meat. The Melzar took away the portions of their meat and wine that they should drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the princes of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them. Among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azazar. Therefore stood they before the king. And all the matter of the wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all the realms. And Daniel continued even until the first year of King Cyrus. So the first fast that we see here and Daniel talking about is a 10-day fast. A 10-day fast of vegetables and water. 10-day fast of vegetables and water. How many of us have ever done that? 10-day fast of vegetables and water? Amen? Well, I want to encourage you before we... We're going to get in this 21-day Daniel fast on March the 20th. I would encourage you between now and then, go ahead and do this 10-day Daniel fast with just vegetables and water. Because it will prepare you for the 21-day fast. Amen. It will prepare you for it. So, as we can see here, they were captured, they were carried on into uh, Babylon, and, uh, and, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar had them as special children that, and to his kingdom. And Daniel did not want to defile himself. Uh, it goes back to the book of Leviticus, where God instructed Israel, you shall not eat anything that's been sacrificed to idols. And that was what Daniel's problem was. All this king's meat that they wanted to feed them were sacrificed to idols. And they didn't want to do that. And plus, Leviticus tells them of all the different animals that they should not eat and what animals they can eat. So Israel had a special diet going back to the uh, book of Leviticus. Daniel was trying to honor that. Daniel wanted to honor that. So he told him, he said, hey, let's put it to the test. You just give us vegetables and water and you just go ahead and give them all the, all the meat from the king's table you want. And after 10 days, let's just see which one looks better. And so he put them to the test. 
And, and we can see through the scriptures that after 10 days, that Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, you know what? You know, I got thinking about their names. You know, we always called Daniel by his uh, Hebrew name. We never did call him by his, his uh, Babylonian name. And it got me thinking about these names, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego is, is how we know them better, right? Because we hear that, we hear, because all through the scriptures, they begin to call themselves that. But Daniel kept staying to Daniel. He, didn't, he never did go to the Babylonian name. Amen? That was just something, a little nugget I thought about as I was doing the study. But look at, look at what happened. As a result of the fast, they actually looked more healthy than the ones that were eating the pork chops and the baked potatoes and the fried bacon and chicken. You know what I'm talking about. Amen? The, the hog jowls and pork skins. Hello? Cornbread with onions in it. Come on, Larry, help me out, brother. Amen? So, they, so Daniel stayed away from all of that and just ate vegetables and drank nothing but water. Didn't have no Coca-Colas. Didn't have no Dr. Peppers, praise God. And no Mountain Dews. Amen. Just drank water. And at the end of 10 days, they were healthier than the other people. So much that the unit took the other one's food away from them. Said, oh, you boys ain't getting nothing but vegetables and water now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so that's, now let's look at, that was the physical benefit. I mean, we talk about the physical benefits of fasting. Now let's look at the spiritual benefits of fasting. The spiritual benefits of fasting is, verse 17, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom and Daniel and had understanding in all visions and in dreams. And then when you go down to verse 20, And all manner of wisdom and understanding that the king required of them, he found them ten times better than his royal musicians or scientists, I guess you could call them, or astrologers that were in his realm. So all of his professional musicians and, and astrologers that were already in his kingdom, he found these three Hebrew boys to be wiser than them. So there was wisdom given to them through the fast. Through the fast. So their spiritual benefits... Through the fast. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's, it's so, so important that you see that. So I would recommend that you go on a 10-day uh, vegetable water fast. First of all, physically, it'll clean out your system. You got a lot of toxics in your body. Amen. And you know what? And it might, tell, it might make your, um, your scales at home, it might make them start telling the truth again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but the doctor's office scales that we go to, they got the most lying scales I've ever seen in my life. After every time we go, they say, why do we get on that lying scale again? We told you the last time that thing was wrong, but they always want to weigh you as soon as you get to the doctor's office, don't they? Well, the problem is, is the scale at the house agrees with what the doctor's office says. It's lying too. <laughs> Amen. I got them lying scales. Well... Maybe if we're going to fast for a little while, them scales might start telling the truth. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. But it also cleans out toxins in your body. When you eat food and you eat meat, your body begins to store chemicals from that meat. It begins to store toxins from that meat. And believe it or not, these toxins begin to have a play on your health. They begin to have a play on your health. And so by going on a fast, you'll be able to clear all that out of your body. And, and your doctor will tell you that fasting on a regular basis 
is very healthy for your body. Your doctors will tell you that. And, uh, and so we see that represented in Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1. We're going to read through 1 through 14. Okay? It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Bethesazar, and the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now, that's where we get 21 days. That's where we get 21 days. Seven times three is 21, right? Is my math still right? It's been a long time since I've been in school, so y'all, y'all check my math, okay? So that's where we get three full weeks. So Daniel says, I was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread... I mean, he had no cinnamon buns. Hello. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, the Amplified says, I ate no tasty food. No tasty food. He said no pleasant bread. I ate no tasty food. Amen. I ate no tasty food. Nor did any meat or wine enter my mouth, and I didn't, and I did not anoint or refresh or groom myself at all for three full weeks. So Daniel was serious about his prayer. The brother didn't even comb his hair. He was so serious about praying and seeking God, he just didn't even comb his hair. I don't know if he put a hat on his head or what he did, but he didn't, he didn't even comb his hair. He just said, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pray, I'm not gonna eat anything pleasant, I am gonna seek God. Until I get my answer. Now we already saw in Daniel 1 where Daniel said, just give us vegetables. Okay? So you can see in, in Daniel 10, he's, he's doing that again. He's going on a vegetable diet. Vegetables is what he's eating here. So he's not eating no meat. He's not having anything pleasant. No sweets. He cut sugar out of his life. Yes, Sister Elaine. All sugar has to go. All sugar has to go. Now, I want to tell you something, but when you get start doing this Daniel fast, which, by the way, um, like I said, see Sister Shirley about that. I was going to bring that. Every week, I keep telling myself to bring the, the book of the recipes to show you, and I keep forgetting to bring it to you. But Sister Shirley put together a recipe book for the Daniel fast. It's on our website. You can go on the website and see it, or get with Shirley, and she'll make you a copy of it. I wanted to know, you know, we, you said that, that honey was all right, but now you're saying it's not. Well, it says right here, no sweet. No taste. Did it taste good? But, that, but you know, <laughs> 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 no, it no tasty food, brother. No tasty food. No tasty food. That's what it says. Now, one of, the, one of the problems is when you go to the grocery store and you start really reading the ingredients that's in your food, you're going to be really surprised how much sugar has been put in your food. Oh, yeah. That little word, corn syrup and fructose and all that, that's just a fancy word for sugar. That's all that is. And it's all in our food. It's even in crackers. I thought I'd be safe with crackers. Surely crackers ain't got sugar in it. Yes, it does. You're going to have to read the ingredients. So, yeah, so we'll get that's why I said you need to look at this book and, you, and try to get some ideas on because most people don't stick to the Daniel fast because they don't know what to eat. And they don't want to eat pinto beans and cornbread for 21 days, except for Brother Larry. 
My sister Elaine ain't going to feed you pinto beans and cornbread for 21 days, or you'll have to live out there with Vince, brother, because she ain't going to let you in the house. <laughs> so, huh? It don't have yeast in it, does it? Can't have no yeast. No sugar. No milk. No egg. Keep no egg in it. All right. So if you can make cornbread without milk and without sugar and without eggs and no yeast, water, then you should be all right then. Yeah. It's going to taste like cardboard. It'll be cornbread, but it tastes like cardboard. <laughs> Can you put salt in it? No, because that's a, that's changes that's for a tasty flavor. See, so you gotta stay away from the little spices and and salts and peppers that you want to dazzle your food with to make it taste better. Uh uh can't do that. Can't do that. Anything that's gonna make it taste better. <laughs> that's what I said. Don't look. I ate no tasty food, nor did I eat meat or wine in my mouth. And I did not anoint my, my, myself or groom myself for a full three weeks. Now let's go on to verse 4 here. And in the four and, the, in four and twenty days of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is... Help me out, Jan. What is that? Say it again. Hittical. 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 We're going to vote with Hittical. All right. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins was girdled up with a gold, a euphrates, his body also like a pearl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as a lamp of fire, and his arm and his feet were like the color of polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me Saul, not division. So there's the thing too. When you begin to fast and seek God, you may be allowed to see a vision from heaven that every, the other people won't see. Okay, but look what happened to them, though. Said, so, but a great quakening fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. They knew something was going on. They just didn't know what. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and upon the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understood the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent, and when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that thou settest thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty, twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief prince, came to help me, and remain there for the king of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall the people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So to go back to verse 12, go back to verse 12, for then, for he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from, from the first day, 
from the first day. So the fasting for 21 days, three weeks, but yet the angel's telling him, the first day you started praying, God sent me to talk to you. But when I tried to talk to you, when I tried to get here, the prince of Persia, the kingdom, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now he's not talking about a man. He's talking about a demonic spirit. You see, in, 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 the, in demonic spirits, they have rankings just like we have rankings in the army. And they have spirits that are assigned to different territory. And he's talking about the demon that is over the entire kingdom of Persia. So this demon had authority over the entire kingdom of Persia and Gabriel couldn't get through to it. Michael, the archangel, had to come and fight him and bind him so that Gabriel could come and, and, and give him the message. Amen? So that's what happened here. He said from the first day. But look what he says. How many days did it take? 21 and 20 days. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. And now I'm come unto thee, understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. So 21 days of fasting. But God sent the angel to them tell Daniel what's going to happen on the first day. And while he's on his way, a war began to happen. You see, what we don't realize, church, is the spiritual wars that are taking place all the time. They're, listen, your family is in a spiritual war. You're in a spiritual war. Amen? And what's going on and behind the scenes, sometimes we get upset with people. and Sometimes we get upset with family. And we got to learn that it's not the people, it's the spirit behind the people. That's, that's, the, that's where the real problem is. It's the demonic spirit behind the people that is pushing the buttons it's, it's, and making these maneuvers and, and making these things take place. So you're in a spiritual war all the time, whether you're fighting or not, you're still in it. Whether you're, whether you're saying one prayer or you're not praying, you're still in it. You may not be doing nothing, but there's a war around you all the time and it's affecting you, whether you realize it or not. So... This is what took place. So the first moment Daniel prayed and began to seek God, God said, Take, send him the answer. Now you've got to realize something. Daniel didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He couldn't just take a download from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Isn't it a blessing to know us has been baptized in the Holy Ghost that all the Holy Spirit has to do is talk to us, is tell us directly. We get a, a download from the Holy Spirit on what's going on. Amen? Daniel didn't have that. He didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because Jesus had not yet come, had not yet sent the Holy Spirit to baptize anybody. That didn't happen until the day of Pentecost after the resurrection of Christ. So Daniel had to fast. You, talk, you think it's hard for us to fast. Try fasting without the Holy Ghost. Hello? Try fasting without the Holy Ghost helping you. Poor old Daniel didn't have that. But he had what I call good old-fashioned stubborn grit. <laughs> Amen. You know, he's, he's like Jacob. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Amen. And that's the way Daniel was. So he fasted. He said, I'm going to fast. And here's the thing, too. When Daniel started this fast, he didn't know how long he was fasting. At least you and I got a goal. You know, we can say 10 days. We're going to fast for three days or 21 days. Daniel didn't have a goal. He didn't have a number. 
He just knew he wouldn't go stop until he got the answer. That was his attitude. I'm not going to stop fasting and praying until I get an answer. Now, church, there's a Bible lesson right there to be learned. Amen? There's a Bible lesson right there to be learned that we don't stop until we get the answer. And Daniel didn't give up. Amen. It just took 21 days to get the breakthrough. And that's why we call it the 21-day Daniel fast. Because it takes, it takes time to work things in the Spirit. It takes time to go into spiritual battle and, and to bind the enemy and, and to fight the enemy and to dispatch the angels. And that's where we are uh, with this. Okay? So he ate no pleasant food, no tasty food, no salt, no spices. Amen. No yeast, no meat, three weeks, no Dr. Pepper, no banana pudding, no milk. I've had people ask me if you could drink milk, but milk comes from a cow. No, sorry. No milk. Amen. Just drink water. Just drink that water. Amen. Now, if you're going to drink coffee, you can, you can get that decaf coffee. It'd be like drinking pinto bean juice. Just do that instead. Amen. Just make you some pinto beans and say, I'm going to save this juice out of the pinto bean. I'm going to put it in the coffee cup. I'm going to drink it. the same thing. Decaf coffee is just pinto bean juice. That's all it is. Well, you don't believe me? Try some of it. It tastes like pinto bean juice. <laughs> Amen. I always like to see people's face expressions when I, when I talk about pinto bean juice as coffee. Amen. But from the very first day he fasted, the, the angel was there to give him the answer. It just takes time, church. It takes time. Don't give up on your prayer life. Don't give up on things you've been praying about. Don't give up on what you've been asking God to do and you've been praying about. It just takes time. And you've got to fight in the spirit realm sometimes in, in your prayers. Amen? Amen. What if Daniel had given up? What if Daniel had given up? Well, I... It's been three days now. That Dr. Pepper's calling my name. It's been three days. Been three days. I've never went this long without gun smoke before. It's been three days. It's like the end of the world. My Lord, this is eternity. It's eternity. I gotta have a sneakers. You know, I want some chocolate, eh? Oh, I'll tell you. Nothing sounds better than a chocolate candy in the middle of a fast. I won't tell you. You'll be craving that thing. I tell you, last time we went on a fast. I'm telling you, I walked across my living room and all of a sudden I was tasting a Hershey chocolate bar in my mouth. And I wouldn't eat nothing. It wasn't nothing in my mouth, but I could taste that Hershey chocolate bar in my mouth. <laughs> Amen. Your taste buds will begin to play with your mind. They will. You begin to drink water, you taste a little bit like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'll tell you, taste buds, it happened to me. I, I began to taste chocolate like I was eating a chocolate bar, and I wouldn't eat nothing. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if it was the Lord just blessing me or the devil trying to tempt me. <laughs> I enjoyed that taste, though. <laughs> I think your water tastes like cold. Just been to pray over it. Pray over that water. <laughs> the Lord cha changed my taste buds. That's how we need to pray during Daniel's fast. Can't put lemon juice in it well, see, lemon juice would be making it taste good, wouldn't it? No. Say you do it, you do a trick to make it taste good, right? <laughs> well, just drink, drink lemon then. Get you some. 
decaf tea. As long as you don't put no sugar, put no sugar in it now, are you? No sugar? Now you ain't a southerner if you're drinking tea with no sugar now. As <laughs> long as you ain't sweetening it up and don't have no caffeine, then it should be the same as the decaf coffee. Yeah, it should be the same as that. What's he got, huh? She don't want the education. <laughs> she, she wants to. Re- <laughs> you know, there's only one. There's only one problem with that. You know, the law of the land. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. It's the same thing about the Bible. <laughs> Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven. See how much time I got. I got five minutes. I just want to share something with you real quick. Write down uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, and also write down Matthew 18, verse 18. I'm not going to read these two. I'm just going to talk about them because the time is very short right now. Um, But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, it tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against spirits and principalities and powers of the air. Well, let me tell you, these, these are different rankings of demons. The principalities would be like privates in the army. The powers would be like sergeants in the army. The rulers of darkness would be like officers, like your lieutenants and your captains. And your spiritual wickedness in high places and heavenly places, that would be like your generals. That was like the, king of per- the, the prince of Persia. He was a general demon over that, over that area. And so when you look at that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, and we'll read this next week, but I just want you to write it down and do your own little Bible study on this. Uh, realize that we're talking about principalities, powers, rules of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're talking about different rank structures of demons. This is different rank structures, also representing their authority levels as well. And so this is what we're wrestling against. Not flesh and blood, not man, but against these spiritual these spiritual things. Now, the question that comes into mind is, well, how do we wrestle against these spiritual beings? Well, Jesus gave us some weapons. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 18, He said, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in, in heaven. And then in verse 19 is the prayer of agreement where uh, two or uh, touching anything in agreement, you're praying about it, it shall be done. So that's in verse 19. So the weapons of our warfare is in binding and loosing and the prayer of agreement. Okay? The binding and loosing you have to do with your tongue. You're going to have to speak it out. And you simply do it just like this Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you from your wicked maneuvers and what you're trying to do in my life right now. I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. See, I'm binding the devil. I'm commanding him to stop. Okay? Commanding him to stop. And that's how you you fight in the spiritual realm. Devil, you cannot have my children. Those are my children. I dedicated them to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to be in heaven with me in the name of Jesus. Amen? Lay your hand on the car if it ain't acting right. In the name of Jesus' car, I cast the devil out of you. Begin to act right. Begin to behave right. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, that's happened 
Many, many times I've laid my hand on the dash of my car and all of a sudden it just start running right because I begin to pray. So you have, you have weapons in your warfare, binding and loosening, and the prayer of agreement. Okay? And if you, you need a prayer partner. Prayer of agreement means you need a prayer partner. You need somebody you can pray with. Amen? Now, if you got a husband and wife, of course, Jan and Frankie would be prayer partners and whatever they agree on, uh, it's going to happen because the Scripture says so. Amen? But if you're single, single like, like my brother back here, Brother Tim, he needs to find somebody to pray with. You can call pastor. I'll agree with you. Amen. I'll be your prayer partner. Amen. Amen. Or call Brother Al. Amen. I'll be your number two. You need, you're need one. You need a number two. I'll be your number two back up. Amen. We'll, we'll agree together whatever it is we're praying. Matter of fact, on Sunday morning when people come up front to pray, most of the time, about 75% of the time, that's how we're praying. It's a prayer of agreement. We're in agreement with you and whatever you're going through and what you want God to do in your life, the church comes together in a prayer of agreement. 75% of the time, that's what the prayers and the altars are coming up front is all about. Prayer of agreement. These are weapons in your warfare. Amen? Now, I, just, I wanted to touch on it because I didn't want to leave you here hanging because we really need to get into this. And, uh, and so I just want to throw those nuggets out there to you. And next week, we're going to get 